All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The musical stylings of Liam Horvath. What is that? John Williams. Jurassic Park theme song. I, I think we're good. Thanks. No, you've got to get the full beat in there. You can't just cut me off mid. Bag Milk would never do that to me. <laughs> Episode 261. I'm sorry. Uh, Bag Milk's not here, man. Uh, it's just a quick little addition of the podcast today as well, because, uh, well, Bag Milk and I are heading out to the Tourism Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. Shout out to our friends at Tourism Jasper. By the way, it's going to be a great weekend. We're going to go toe-to-toe with Flames Nation on Saturday as well. Going to be out at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge. It is absolutely beautiful. Make sure you keep it locked on our socials this weekend uh, to see all the fun we're having. And then you can be like, damn, I want to go next year when we go back for another tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Tourism Jasper. But yes, mini edition of the pod doesn't change the fact we start with our oodle noodle delicious debate. New location in Calgary. Make sure you check it out if you're down there. I guess that's not really on the way to Jasper, so I won't be swinging by. But regardless, we had oodle noodle at the office yesterday. Tokyo glaze, double beef. Tokyo glaze, double beef. I wasn't here, oh, but I would get a General Sonny's chicken. There you go. I popped I popped in and there was just spring rolls everywhere. It's fucking fantastic. Mm. Isn't that great when you show up to the office and there's spring rolls everywhere? Uh, oh, buddy. I, I, I walked out the building with three extra ones in my hand. I ran into uh, <laughs> into Brad and Dangerous Wade downstairs. Yeah, I saw them too. Rick's got spring rolls in his pockets. <laughs> uh, delicious debate today. The Oilers' six-game winning streak surprisingly comes to an end against the Columbus Blue Jackets with an overtime loss. I mean, points in seven straight. Come on. Let's not get too crazy here. But still, the delicious debate question. Why do the Oilers seemingly struggle against bottom feeder teams? Rick? See, I think that this year that's a bit of an unfair question because we said stated the other day that we were what, eight and two or eight and three against the bottom feeder so I, far. I think and I understand what you mean because we definitely have some PTSD over the last... 10, 12, 15, 20 years about that. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe is, is it just hard to like bring yourself up to that level? Like obviously playing at a high level is not an easy thing to do. So maybe it's just when you see those guys, it's just, it's hard to bring yourself up to that level. But to be fair, I don't think that was really the case in the last game though. So I think the reason I have like a bit of concern about it, I think this team has a problem playing down to their competition. Sometimes we'll see them go up against the Tampa Bay's and the Vegas's and they'll just be lights out. They play this super structured five on five game. They don't give up a lot of chances. They're opportunistic in the offensive zone. And then they play a team that's worse than them. And it's just like a tire fire. I think they maybe believe, oh, it's going to be point night tonight. And they take their foot off the gas because even in some of the games that they've won this season, like they beat Chicago 6-5 earlier this season. Like they were not good in that hockey game whatsoever. There was a game earlier this season, they lost to Washington and you're like, oh, well, Washington's a bubble playoff team. But it was like in that moment, Washington was playing the second of back-to-backs and the Oilers were brutal. They should have gone pedal to the floor and beaten them. So I do think there's like a bit of a problem with this team taking their foot off the gas and being like, ah, it's going to be an easy one tonight. We don't need to stick to what makes us successful. Dan, do you see that? Uh, I think I was thinking about this the other day and even before the Columbus game, I feel like Oiler fans, we kind of forget now that uh, the Edmonton Oilers are a, are a, a matchup on the board that you're going to get up for. And yeah. the goalies, you know, we saw against Columbus, the goalies have some outstanding efforts against us. And I'm not saying that that game was a goal lead by any means, but I just think that the Columbus blue jackets, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Montreal Canadians, those teams all tend to get up for these games now, especially against these Edmonton Oilers and the Connor McDavid's of the world. You get the best player of the world coming up against you. Why not play that little bit extra? It's just for me, the rest of the team has to look at that and say, yeah, you know what? They're inspired to play against our best guys. So we've got to show up and show up for these best guys so they don't have to do the work every time because it's a great point. Like you, you look at a Chicago Blackhawks, that's a team that we've played against now for the last 10, 15 years where the matchup is always edgy. It's always charged and, and the offense is there. And I just think that the most teams now they look at a game against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and they just want to pump us. I just don't think they really get down for it. Like it sounds like, so I, I went, just went through as you guys were talking. So they beat Vancouver home opener. That's just first game of the season, yeah. whatever. Then you go to Chicago and it's six, five, but you remember that was a crazy game where he was like 19 penalties called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next one, five, four against Chicago. They kind of blew the lead late, but managed to win. So I would say they just took the foot off the gas for like five minutes in that one. Montreal, they beat five, three at home, beat Arizona eight, two lost to Anaheim four, three. Didn't play very well, but you could also say they got goalied. Like Dawson made 48. Yeah, yeah, 50 shots, 48 saves, whatever he did. Vancouver, you lose. That was a bad game. Mm-hmm. You smash Anaheim yeah. on the road. You smash San Jose on the road. Vancouver, you win 4-2. I think Vancouver, you read the situation, Bruce's last game, maybe getting up for it. And you lose 3-2 against Columbus. In and OT. when you haven't played in four or five days. Like, three days. Three days, yeah. But so, do you think they actually played that bad against Columbus? I think yes. they just tried to get too fancy. They tried to like, I they, think it's like you said, it's like they just, it was a point night and they tried too hard to get their points instead of just dumbing it down, putting pucks on net and taking advantage of every opportunity you get like you would against the Tampa Bay or even the top end teams because you don't get a lot of opportunities. It felt like that game was a good start and then <clears throat> they just kind of sat back. I don't yeah. know. Like it was, it, it, that first period, they could have the four goals in that. Yeah, first of course, period. nothing was over. But that's but uh, that's the point, and that's where for me with this team is, 
you, you understand, you, you, you accept if a, a team like Edmonton lets a Colorado or a Tampa back into a game after an inspired effort like that, but Columbus shouldn't be coming back into this game in the second and the third period, but the Oilers tend to let them in. And then that's where I because think because we only had, we only had that one goal lead and a one goal lead yeah. doesn't matter who you are. It's going to be dangerous, right? Yeah, but you should just you had I an mean, you had an opportunity to put their foot on the throat in the first period. They the, couldn't get it done, and after that, um, yeah, they just they let them hang around, and that was that was obviously a, a bad thing. Yeah, I think on that game too, the Columbus one, why you look at it, you like Cop Salo played so well. That like, save on Dry said it was insane. I know they scored right after, so maybe it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game, so. but he was good. And that also just gives yeah. Columbus some momentum too if they see the goalie like making that much of an effort. Like you want to play a little bit harder in front of him. I think it was a bit of both on Wednesday where the Oilers mm-hmm. didn't play very well. They got I wouldn't say they got goalie, but the goalie played obviously well. And then Columbus just got momentum from that and they got away they got away with it too. They got a point and the others played poorly and they got something. Yep. which is a credit because sometimes not necessarily this season, but we've seen it in the past where they've played bad and it's been very, very evident they've played bad and come away with nothing. So it's in my eyes, I don't think Wednesday's defeat is anything to get too down on. I think it's, it's whatever, to be honest. Yeah. I the interesting part though, is how they're going to react against Chicago tomorrow yeah. and then how they react the rest of this, this, um, this exactly string of it. lesser teams. Am I wrong for saying this? That loss to Columbus stings a little bit less when you see the Flames lose 5-1 to Chicago and the Ducks beat the <laughs> Avs 5-3. The Coyotes blew out the Blues 5-0. All of that just happening last night in the NHL. Like, does I kind of look at that and I go, okay, you got a point. Does this, does this thing less because they didn't get the points or does yeah. this thing less because he saw an, uh, uh, an underdog beat uh, the favorite? Both, maybe? Both, yeah. Like, yeah. the Oilers got a yeah. point. You know what? For a team in Edmonton that hasn't exactly racked up a lot of loser points this season. In fact, they have 25 regulation wins. Did you know that's tied for the most in the Western Conference? Yeah, I did see that. I think it's third in the league. I think third it's in league. Boston we and can't all be Boston. Yep. It goes Boston at 33 and then Edmonton, Dallas, Toronto and Tampa all tied at 25. That's impressive. So the Oilers, it's not like they've been just milking these loser points. Like Calgary's got nine already this year. So for Edmonton to pick up a loser point and then you look and you see all those other upsets and it's a bit of a reminder that like, ah, yes, truly no easy games in the NHL. You do need to remember that. And also the point streaks at seven, like this is still a really damn good run from this team. Definitely. San Jose has 10 overtime losses this year. That's actually nuts to think that. <laughs> That's well. To be honest. And like, there you go. Like 10 teams have gone to overtime with them this season or probably a few more and the others smash them seven one just to kind of go off that question again like i just don't think they need to get down to it i think sometimes well, you just have off nights and the nhl is a tough league and the teams that they lost to like anaheim yes i know they're rebuilding but also there was a pointless season where that team was almost in a playoff spot that was in the conversation mm-hmm. columbus they're not where they should be right now so yep. teams are actually losing to vancouver as well like they're not really like they are bad teams, but they're not supposed to be bad teams. Yeah. I mean, you Tyler, you said it right there. You look at the Boston Bruins, you look at their schedule, you look at the way that they're winning these games. And we're now, you know, you've got pundits around the league that are shocked by this, this much success at this level yep. because so, I mean, like you, you, you go back to, again, just coming back to the Oilers, they can't win every game. You look at that schedule that they have for the next, what, 13 games going back into that West coast trip that they had um, that ended off in Vegas. The, the quality of competition for the next month is not that great. And so, yes, you're going to have some losses here and there. It's great that we got a point out of it. 
Austin have lost Arizona this season too, by the way. Yeah, they have, which is <laughs> surprising. Um, so we'll wrap up and put a bow on this topic with uh, just a look ahead now. You know, they have the loss to Columbus. I think we all agree they need to respond against Chicago. And I think we all expect them to respond really well against Chicago on home ice. Also hearing Evander Kane will be in the lineup for that hockey game. After Chicago, they go Detroit, Philly, Ottawa, Montreal, and Detroit again after the break. So six more games against teams below you in the standings. Do they get over or under eight points in this stretch, Liam? Over or under? So what was that again? Six games. You go Chicago, Detroit, Philly, Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit. Four and two would give them eight points. Do they go better than four or two or worse than four and two? I think they'll go five and one. Okay. I think they'll go five and one. Oh, they'll go like four, one and one or something like that. Yeah. One regulation loss though. You... It would be understandable. Yeah. Well, you play Detroit twice, you said. Yeah. Right? So I you think probably you probably one of those. get one of those. Rick, more or less than eight points for the Oilers. I'm going over. You think again, five and one or four, one and one? Yeah. I don't know the exact breakdown, but yeah, I see this team. I don't know. Just what we've seen in the last little bit They're, uh I think they've elevated themselves to, uh, to what we expected to see or what we saw last year in the playoffs. And if they keep doing that, these teams aren't, uh, they're not going to be able to be able to handle them. Hmm. Dan, I'm I'm all in on this. I think yeah. this stretch is is where they kind of separate themselves in the conversation of the Pacific and and the league in general too. Because we we mentioned it, you know, Colorado, Calgary, all those teams that are chasing them now in the playoff picture are still losing. So. Yeah. And right now you look at the Pacific division standings. It's actually unbelievable how tight it is right now. You have Edmonton at 58 points. They're two back of LA. Edmonton's got a game in hand, same amount of games played as Vegas, three points back. And then three points back of Seattle. Seattle's got two games in hand there as well. And the Oilers as Jason Greger's written a bunch of times at OilersNation.com. The Oilers have statistically one of the easiest schedules down the stretch here and throughout the remainder of the season. So Chance for the Oilers to keep building up ground. It starts Saturday against Chicago, where we have some updates on that hockey game. Ryan Rashog saying yes, like I said, Evander Kane's back on the ice today at practice. He will play tomorrow. And Dylan Holloway appears to be skating on a line with Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. And I want to have a little Dylan Holloway conversation here. 45 games, three goals, six assists. It's been not quite what we expected because when he scored that hat trick in preseason, we all sat here and we're like, is 50 points on the board for Dylan Holloway this season? And it's not going to be. But what letter grade, Liam, would you give Dylan Holloway's first half of his NHL career? First half Uh, of his first NHL season, sorry. B minus, I think is probably fair. Okay, I think... He's he's got a passing grade because he's still on the team. I think that's a pass in general. Yeah, and he's earned it too. It's yeah. not like he's been bad. Yeah, he's been he's been a positive impact most nights. You don't really sometimes you don't even notice he's out there, which is mm-hmm. obviously a good thing for a rookie. And recently too, he seems to be finding that offensive groove a little bit more. Woodcroft had a quote about him yesterday. I can't remember exactly what it was. I got it. You got it. Go ahead. The more detailed he is, the more ice time he's getting. Yeah. So. You it's know? amazing Funny how that works. Crazy. It's what is literally what Jay Woodcroft said. He said, it's amazing how that works. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think he's obviously getting more trust in the coaching staff too, which is, he's a good player. He's an intelligent rookie. Like you've seen it throughout his career. He's got, he's been the top guy everywhere. Right. So I don't think it's going to be long before we see him consistently on that line with McDavid, maybe not this season, but for years to come. Dan. Well, for a guy that we penciled into the lineup, uh, you know, with a pretty solid hope that he was going to do something, uh, and for that start of what ten games had got 
was getting murdered, was getting, you know, suicide passes out to other teammates. He was giveaways, all those things that you expected of a rookie. And all those things could have dismantled him, could have, you know, you would have understood if that derailed him and then he had to get sent down to the minors. But he's tough through it the entire time. On this podcast, we've had a lot of debates about what should we do with Dylan Holloway? What should be done with Dylan Holloway? And the whole time he's been in this NHL roster. So I give him an A. I think he's been, he's been everything you can expect of the guy. He's had his rookie struggles here and there, Mm -hmm. but those were gone after the first 10 games. And it's just really been, you know, a middle player with some positive additions to the lineup, uh, you know, throughout. So yeah, a, a for me. Wow. Rick. Uh, pretty much for the same reasons Dan just said, um, I'm sitting at a B though. I think for an A you needed to, I don't know, kind of be up in that, up in that Calder trophy talk right now, but, Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't get given anything to start. He had to earn everything. He's worked his way through the mud and he is where he is right now. And the puck may not be going in for him, but he's doing a lot of positive things out there right now. Um, he's had an opportunity to get down on himself or allow negativity into his head just because things weren't given to him as much as he maybe, maybe wanted at the beginning of the year. But uh, no, I've, I've been pretty happy with the way he's been. He's been, uh, he's been playing all year. So I think uh, a B is a good grade for him. Before January, he had not had three consecutive games of 10 minutes plus time on ice all season. So far, since January 9th, I'll go 13 minutes, 14 minutes, 12 minutes, 9 minutes and 24 seconds. So close. 9 minutes and 42 seconds. So close. 12, 11 and 13 minutes. So he's starting to play a little bit more at practice today, potentially getting a look up in the top six. I do think the 11 and seven helps him a lot. And I'll ask you guys about that in just a second as well. Um, But I'm going to give him a C plus. I think, you know, I I maybe would have liked a little bit more production out of him. Part of it is the opportunities he's been given, right? Not playing a ton, not playing with a ton of skill. But then I look at a guy, you know, Derek Ryan has found a way to chisel home seven goals already this season And, and Holloway sitting at three maybe you want I'd like to see a bit more finish again I agree with Rick I think for me to have given him an A he'd have to be double digit goals right now maybe even fringe call their kind of conversation um, but I'll go C plus maybe grading him a little bit harder but I will say and maybe this is another one to throw your guys away I could see him going on a little run where like he scores three goals in eight games or three goals in 10 games and chips a few more off like do you think he could hit double digit goals this year after just three in the first 45 games What's he at? He's at three. How many games yeah. do we have left? Like 30, 40? 37. 37. Your I mean, yeah. Yes. Why not, right? Like, you can definitely, <laughs> I think he's now finding his groove. And if he's getting chances with Connor, could put through him one night. Yeah, I mean, he very he's had, a couple bad, he's had a couple of bad breaks, too. Yep. Like, even that McLeod goal there a couple of games ago that went off the post for him. Yeah. He's getting to the net. He's getting pucks on net. That's not, you know, the offense will come. So I can see him getting sneaking into 10. Yeah, I think he's just going to be in the lineup consistently. It's yeah. it's there's nothing uh, there's nothing to say, especially like you said, Tyler, with the eleven and seven that uh, that he shouldn't be able to get seven more goals before the year is done. Before I hit you guys with your next big question of this podcast, episode two sixty one Oilers Nation Radio, and to give some love to our friends at AMA Travel, Vegas was an absolute blast. Toronto is just around the corner, March tenth to twelfth. It's going to be bougie. It's going to be a great time. We're going to be watching the Oilers and Leafs on a Saturday night, hockey night in Canada from a suite in downtown Toronto. Sweet. Sweet. Indeed, Liam. <laughs> AMA Travel, head to nationgear.ca to check out how you can get in to 
to our newest nation vacation in Toronto. AMA Travel makes this stuff so easy as well. If you were on the Vegas trip, you already know all about it. Uh, We are going to step aside here for a quick ad. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 and 7. This has been a bit of an interesting conversation. I was down at Rogers place yesterday and I was listening to head coach Jay Woodcroft's post-practice press conference. And he was asked after the loss to Columbus, if maybe going 11 and seven is starting to wear thin, maybe the treads kind of running low on the tires or however you'd say that. And Woodcroft's answer was look at the results. It works. He said, since we started going 11 and seven, we're basically seven Oh and one now in that stretch or six Oh and one in that stretch. It's been going well. Could you see the Oilers running with this? And should the Oilers just say, screw it, we're running with this the rest of the season? And do you think it's sustainable to do that in the playoffs, Dan? I think that it's uh, it's a tool in your toolbox. I think if you're going to, to anyone well, just like going to Connor and Leon on the top line, you know, on any given night, I think you're you're playing with fire. But but 11 and 7 is a unique look that this this league hasn't seen for a while and uh, you know, why not keep, keep rolling it out when you feel like it's going to work and Woodcroft, you know, lays the record out there right there. So he's comfortable with it and happy with it. Why not? I don't think one game should change the plans. Like it's not, like I said, it's not like they went out there and got destroyed by Columbus. It just, it happened, whatever happened. So yeah, I, I think just keep rolling it. I think it's the other's biggest strength is, having such a good offensive group. And if you can make it difficult on the other team and especially a team that is weak, like Chicago and whoever else we play next, I think it's, it's the ultimate way to try and win the hockey game. Rick. I've quite enjoyed it. I'll sit here and kick myself for just that COVID year when, uh, when Bouchard was sitting on the sidelines the whole time. Um, I wish I was smart enough to know that you could go 11 and seven. Like, I don't know why it, didn't even dawn on us back then. But as far as I understand, Tampa Bay was doing it back then, no? Tampa Bay had a pretty good run of doing it as well. So it, I, it there is a small history, small sample size of teams doing it for a playoff run and it works. Yeah, and I think, you know what, we're in a day and age right now where the old way of doing things is just kind of kind of going away. We see it in the NFL. We see it in hockey. You know, it's, it's just a new way of thinking about offense. And, and 
the way we can do it and just jumble up any any three guys on uh, to, to play forward. Uh, imagine trying to defend against that. Like how how does the other coach try and figure that out? How do you line match that? How do you do anything to it? Not only does that, but it helps us with our defense. Like mm-hmm. obviously we know our defense isn't the best in the league, right? So having that seventh defenseman out there, you got to shake things up a bit, reduce everyone's minutes a little bit. Um, if someone's having a slower game, you can you can swap somebody. I think there's a lot of benefit to this to this team right now. Also, we're the best team that uses seven defensemen. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No argument against that. I think you know the argument for going back to twelve and six is like, well, that's what everyone else does. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, not everyone else has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And quite honestly, not a lot of teams have this supporting cast or the high end potential that the Oilers do. And I look at Dylan Holloway is a great example, man. That guy is going to be more and more effective if you give him more and more minutes with skilled players, even Derek Ryan to an extent like that guy. Give him some shifts with McDavid. You never know what's going to happen. I just think they have such a versatile forward group, like go through and rattle off how many guys can play center on this roster right now. And the expectation is they're going to go add another one ahead of the trade deadline. I think 11 and seven is just a no brainer. If I'm Jay Woodcroft until you've lost three games in a row, I'm doing it every single time. I think. Yeah, they actually mm-hmm. just tweet out lines. Ooh, spicy. Should I read them? Here no. we go. Yes, yes, please. Mike David, Holloway, and Hyman. Yep. Kane Dry, Derek Ryan. Kostin, Nuge, Yamak. Yep. Fogel, McLeod, Puyavi, Hamlin, is game of Yamo. Nurse, Cece, Kulak, Barry, Broberg, Bouchard, uh, Dehanen, and Skinner, Campbell. So just based off what I heard from Woodcroft yesterday and the type of answer he gave to an 11 and seven question. I think um, it'd be weird to take Pugliarvi out after he played so well. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you do? Just, do you just have that where he's like, Oh, well that you didn't play well this one game. See you later. Warren Fogel. Like for example, yeah. And I think Fogel's <laughs> been kind of piecing it together too. And you know, what's actually even more interesting is right now we're sitting here going, who do you take out? Yeah, that's a nice but conversation. To that's have. great. Yeah, it's great. So who do you take out? Okay, now who do you take out if Yamamoto's healthy too and you want to go 11 and 7? Okay, now Yamamoto what if you go... Yamamoto can't play until like mid-February, right? Yeah. And by that point, yeah. someone's going to have to go on waivers and or you're trading Pugliarvi or Fogel. Something's going to happen before that, yeah. Yeah. Um, you take McLeod out? No, no. I want that guy playing. Even if he's struggling a little bit, I want that guy. He's too important to you, I think. Especially in the long run. Yeah. Mm. Maybe Fogel then. It might be Fogel coming out. I think it is Fogel. That's your guess? My guess is Warren Fogel. Some guy once left us a review and said, you're always wrong when you speculate about the lineup. So thank you. I'm going to guess Connor McDavid comes out. <laughs> I'm just going to guess. I'm going to go out on a limb. Oh, we're always wrong. So that would line up. Rick, <laughs> uh, do you have any sort of a guess or is it just you're just sitting here enjoying the fact that we have fucking depth for once? I absolutely love the fact we have depth, but if somebody had to come out in this game before, I could see it being Fogel. Yeah. Pugliarvi was good. He was a big reason why that Derek Ryan goal happened. What if it's dry sidle? Yeah. I've never There's seen Pugliarvi too, skate like right? that before. He like, was moving really well. Yeah. When he like flew into like drove into the net there, like he could have dragged it across a little bit more and probably tucked it. But like, Either way, like, I don't think I've ever seen him kind of get the open ice and think I'm going to capitalize on this. 
Were you being tongue in cheek with the dry saddle? I like, I, cause think I think there's it, a conversation to be had. Yeah. I think that it might be kind of like the prelude to what then might come out after that is that he's not going to make the all-star. It'd be an easy, he's out. Zach Hyman or Ryan Nugent Hopkins is taking a spot at all-star weekend. Boom. He gets a full week of rest before he's got to do something though. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, so like skills- we play Saturday and the next time he has to be on the ice would be the following Saturday for a skills comp. If I'm not wrong, but it's, it's starting now. You, I don't know if you saw this morning, Austin Matthews announced that he's not, but he's going to be out three weeks, so three minimum. weeks minimum. Yeah. That's that's true. But that's the, that's the, to me, it usually with the all-star, that's injuries, not the, that's not the Ovechkin. I've got right? the, uh, I've got a hangnail. I got to miss, you know, the next three no, days. No, 100%. And one of them happens to be the all-star game. But usually when the first one comes, then they just start rolling in after that. Wait, we're speculating that dry saddle is essentially hurt. Maybe he's not, not hurt. Maybe he's not a hundred percent. And he I goes, have been saying it since December. Yeah. And I, even last game, he got knocked down once behind the net against Columbus and was slow getting up and he was slow doing a lot in that game. He didn't have his best, which is fine. Everyone's allowed an off night. I'm not going to rag on the guy. Um, but I do think there might be something to be said of if you sit him against Chicago, that means he would go from Wednesday, the 25th, all the way until Saturday, the fourth, which is the all-star game or no, you'd get him all the way until Tuesday, the seventh against Detroit. Good luck. Like it's good t- luck telling him to good luck telling him to sit down and not play a game. Okay, but not play yeah, the All Star game. Like I don't know. Maybe they just the All Star game. That's one thing I agree. I know, with you, but Saturday but, game. Well, but maybe he just maybe he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm not 100, percent and this is just an easy way for me to get almost two full weeks off to rest up for a playoff run. He might have a bigger I, picture mindset. I I agree there, but I just don't think you're getting him. I mean, you saw the way what he did in the playoffs last year. You're not getting him out for a game just mm-hmm. because of. A nagging injury or something. Sat like that. two already this year, Rick. What's that? He sat two games already this year. Eh. I think it's just oh, a smart just, call. I... But am I crazy for saying this? And I don't want to paint Drysaddle as any type of character, but like if this all-star game was in Columbus, like I mean it's a trip to Miami. You know Daryl's firing up the PJ for the boys, right? Like <laughs> I I don't know. Well, maybe. Right, but like maybe Drysdale's like, ah, fuck it. Chance to go to but Miami, is it, is have a good time with everybody. Miami? What? Is it just a trip to Miami or is he going somewhere Saturday night, Sunday morning to a beach or something like that and then a couple hours north of Miami and then working his way back to Detroit? Yeah, may, I could definitely see. We have see, that week off. We have the week yeah. off before the All-Star break, right? Yeah, I think the play, I would imagine the players have to report back to Edmonton before they fly to Detroit, but... Not true. Not true? No. They can meet him right now. So, yeah, I could definitely see yeah. Saturday, All-Star Game ends. Peace. Cabo for 36 hours. Wherever's close. I don't know. And then back to Detroit. Yeah, Rick dropping yeah. that little nugget. Interesting, then. Yeah, maybe they are just building in a little trip. If so, if like half the team is going to Mexico or somewhere, I'm betting the wings on that first game back. <laughs> if they're flying right oh, into Detroit. Detroit's doing the same damn thing. Dude. Yeah, probably. No, I think all the Red Wings are spending their week doing community service. I don't think they're going to go on a holiday. They're all picking up shifts at Little Touring Caesars. with Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah, Kid Rock. Uh, Kid Rock's playing golf with Gretz right now. Who is? Kid Rock's playing golf with Gretz. Ball with the ball. Unless uh, I, I yep. assume that photo yesterday on Instagram was a a, a live photo. Mm. 
Shout out to our friends at uh, at Betway. Sorry, I had no other way to transition out of that. Um, the Oilers lost as massive favorites to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that hurt. But can I tell you the ultimate sweat? All right. One of my favorite, I, I bet for entertainment most of the time. I love on Betway. They have like a pre-built bet that is the Oilers team amount of shots in the hockey game. So the line, they had to go, they'd have 36 or more, over 35 and a half. I'm with Adam Seaborn, our national uh, sales partner from Playmaker, Bagged Milk, and Gavin the intern. And we're sitting there, and I got a little bit of money on this 36 plus shots bet on Betway. There's like 30 seconds left. The Oilers are at 34. And I'm like, ah, if it goes to OT, like maybe they could get them. But I was like, oh, I wonder if the bet counts in overtime. I'm not sure. Anyways. They get one and it was kind of chintzy with like 30 seconds to go. And then they go offside. So there is like five seconds left face off outside in the neutral zone. The Oilers win it. And Brett Kulak at the buzzer (laughs) throws a shot on net from the neutral zone. Boom. They count it. That's how I got my 36 shots. And the Oilers ended the game at 36 shots. Brett Kulak hooks up tie guy. Yeah. Shout out to Brett Kulak. Um, but it was, we were cheering hard in our, in our seats there. What did, Brett uh, what did Adam say about the, uh, the atmosphere in the arena? He said it was great. He said so MLSE could take to? notes. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. He said that the, the atmosphere that night was better than in Toronto on a Saturday. Yeah. I love it. Hey, Toronto suck it. <laughs> 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 we heard Adams out outside the studio right now, which is why we're talking about this. He said, I'm not going to be welcome back in Toronto. Um, okay. We, do we have asked the idiots questions? <laughs> yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Liam, do we have asked the idiots questions? I have some. Okay, sure. Let me find We them. may or may not just be stealing these from the mailbag because bag milk's not here to tell us if we actually had questions sent in. Yeah. So I haven't actually read most of these either. So that's how Bag Milk starts his segment too. We have Dylan Holloway one, which we already kind of spoke about. Oilers about bad teams. We've already. Okay, let's do this one. Okay. This one's from Clay. Every year we wonder how Connor McDavid is going to take his game to another level. And since he's doing it again this season, what do you see or notice that he's doing differently? Rick? Uh, Honestly, shooting, scoring. Outside of that, I don't know, like, he looks like himself. It's just, it's an amazement of everything. He, every time he touches the puck, something incredible can happen. So, yeah, you see, somehow it's still getting better every year. But the big difference I see this year is he's, he's shooting. He's going for that goal. He's going for the uh, the, the scoring trophy this year. Interesting. Um, for me, like, we talked about this early in the season on Owen Everyday, Liam. But, like, he actually wasn't shooting the puck more at five on five. He was shooting the puck more on the power play, mm-hmm. which might be part of the reason why he has 16 power play goals already this season. Him and Leon Dreisaitl tied for first in the NHL in that number. And I also just think, honestly, flat out, his shot's gotten better. He's picking the corners a little bit better. This isn't all situations where, you know, he's walking the puck into the net or just finishing off these little backdoor tap-ins or just scoring off the rush. He is scoring in so many different ways, and it's because his shot's gotten better. So that's my answer. I'm, I mean, being the expert that I am, mm-hmm. far be it from me to tell Connor McDavid what he's doing differently. <laughs> but it feels like this year that, yeah, it feels like he's taking more time to look at the net as an option than in previous years where he was just looking for the next person to help him out kind of thing. Uh, he's, he's looked at that net and, and he's picking his spots. Well, 
I think I'll say, um, I think he's just trusting his abilities more. I think he's trusting what he can do. He's repping the park, but I don't think it's taken away from him also making plays for other people too. I think he's just picking his spots really well and putting himself in good positions to succeed like nobody else in the NHL can. All right. What else do we got here? All right, here we go. James from Peterborough. Maybe Ontario, maybe England. Who knows? Vincent DeHarnay is one of those players who I think most fans want to cheer for instantly. Curious to hear your early impressions of his play. And if you think he, if you think he might be able to provide some answers, answers, a little bit of a lisp there defensively for a team that has been desperate for need of improvement in the defensive zone. Well, Tyler, sorry, Dan, (laughs) I'll go. Um, Yeah, I think he's not changing their plans for this season all that much because I do still think they want to go out and get an extra D-man. He's a great layer of depth to now have because like if the Oilers were to go to the Western Conference Finals again, even if they acquire another D-man, Vinny DeHarnay is going to play games. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to be nicked up. Someone's hurt. You need your seventh and eighth D-man to be able to step in and give you good minutes. It's encouraging that DeHarnay is showing he can be that guy. I do think he's maybe changing up their offseason plans a little bit. If you like Vinny DeHarnay enough to be like, he can be our everyday third pairing right defenseman, which he's potentially showing he can be. Do you sit there and go, wow, someone's offering us a second round pick plus for Tyson Berry. Let's cash in. Let's take that money. Let's spend it elsewhere. We like Vinny DeHarnay where he is. Or do you just sit there going into next season and say, wow, we have four good right shot D-men who can all play at an NHL level. Like, Mm -hmm. I think he's changing up their summer plans, not their deadline plans. Regardless, it's great. Uh, Vincent DeHarnay has 762K as a cap hit next year. I was just going to say, Tyler covered the transactional part of it very well. I was going to speak to the uh, fan favorite-ism of him. And I think that size definitely has a way of kind of exciting hockey fans just in general. When you get a player of DeHarnay's stature uh, in your back end, that can be quite exciting. And then on top of it, uh, he... He plays with that physical edge that uh, that a guy like Marcus Niemelainen came in and instantly became a fan favorite by by just throwing the body a bit, and you see that too with a Dana Harney. Day Harney. Rick, what do you got? You know what? I think he does add an element that we needed that we need. Um, but this team is playing better because they're playing better as a team. Like it's not one player that's going to come in here and solve their issues that we that we witnessed for you know, the first two, three months or whatever it was. Uh, I said it numerous times. It was a five-man system that was just breaking down in our own end the whole time. Everyone now seems to be paying a little more attention, doing a little more of the uh, the not-so-fun work out there that you need to to be successful in your own end. But yeah, I know in the long run, I do see him being a part of this team going forward. I am impressed with what he's been able to do and the, and the caliber, caliber he's been able to do it at. Uh, I hope for nothing else than to see him here next year full-time. Yeah, I think it's interesting with him. He's 26. I think he's played very well when he's coming to the team, and he brings out a different element, a bit of bit of meanness. He can actually play with mm-hmm. the puck, too. He, he, he's got a pretty well-rounded game. Plays extremely simply. We talk about Ovi's office on the power play dot. Yeah. How about Dehane's office on the blue line right in the corner where he just literally fires pucks on the net, just yeah. rips them on. And they, I think he has like three assists <laughs> all from that spot. Yep. So, Definitely comparable to Ovi's yeah, office. I yeah, agree. yeah. I would put him on the power play there. Um, <laughs> one thing I, I think it does do is you mentioned that you think it changes uh, off season plans. I think it helps 
the trade deadline plans in a sense of like, look what this guy's done when he's come in. He plays this kind of game. He's a right shot. Let's go get an experienced right shot that plays a similar style and is like shut down guy has some puck moving abilities too. I don't know how many of them are growing on trees nowadays, but maybe that's what the others need. And I think he's just kind of put a positive impact on this team in multiple layers. So shout out Vinny with Vinny. We Winnie, as Jay would Seaweed say, man, seaweed man, weird nickname. How about, that, uh, how about they put Vinny in, and Carson together at that, at that autograph session so yesterday. Good. And they just seem to have like a ton of personality on it. And the fact of Carson with the Calgary fan, that was so funny. Did I just steal your hot performer of the week? Everybody's hot performer, I think. Good one, Liam. No problem. That's why we stick to the script. The script we don't have. Um, <laughs> what script? Yeah, we, we literally sit here for five minutes before the show and say, what should we talk about, guys? Uh, all right, let's get to oh, our I got hot. one more. 260 episodes. Um, this one is from Ed. Daryl Sutter is surprising as really surprised response when asked how rookie. Oh my goodness. Whatever. Go <laughs> skip it. What did you make of Daryl Sutter calling out Jacob Pelche a little bit after his first NHL game and saying, what's his number? What did you make of the antics? I, I, I loved it for the, everything is wrestling of it. Anybody that watched that and thought that Sutter was going after Pelche personally, I think was, is, is a bit naive. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously that's, that is like, that felt like pissy kind of level yeah. of media versus coach. To me, the reason I didn't like it is because it's a big moment for Jacob Pelche, a big moment for his family. And I just think it was Sutter overshadowing the moment. It would have been very easy, even if he doesn't like the question from the media to say, I liked what I saw. He's, he's got a long ways to go though. Boom. That's it. And instead now I just think about like Jacob Pelche's family. And it's like, hey, Jacob plays first NHL game. Boy, did you hear what the coach had to say about him after, though? And like, I just, I, I kind of, in a weird way, feel for them. And I'm like, ah, was just like this moment that's supposed to be big for him now has this like negative storyline attached to it. I don't know. Maybe I'm being soft. I think I, I want to uh, see what if anything happened in the dressing room afterwards. Like, I fist fight. If he says that into the camera and leaves it and like doesn't address it to Pelche in the dressing room afterwards then maybe I understand where everyone's coming from. It's a bit of a dick move and you don't got to be like that and whatnot. Um, but if he says that and then walks into the room afterwards and goes up to the kid and, Hey, listen, I have some fun out there below and just kind of pumps his tires to the kid there. Then I think it's all good. And I honestly, I don't know if that happens. It probably doesn't, but at Not the same time, I think uh, that everyone says as soon as the cameras are off, you know, Sutter's one of the nicest guys out there. So it, it's, I don't know. It's an old man doing old man things, but if he uh, if he goes up and talks to him afterwards, then I got no problem. Uh, I don't think it's very fair. I think you stole the moment for yourself. Like yep. you just said that Tyler. That's- like it's it's the kid's first NHL game. You've already scratched him so many times before, and then that's the comment you make the first time you have to talk about him after his game. Like just say, yeah, he played well. He's got some stuff he's got to work on, but he's got a good career ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Easy answer. Move There's- on. I just think that that's the Daryl Sutter head coach, though. That's but that's why? Like, why does it have to been. be like that? There's all this other shit. That's, that's, older, that's, what, that's what the older generation does. That's just yeah, the way they are. That's like the if way I told they were. You that's the where they were trained. We at this point right now, we're trying to make a, a change in, in society, and we're you know kind of like pumping people up a little bit more. Where before it was just build, you know, tear them down, build them back up again. So I think it's just a it's a divide in in society. All right. 
Let's uh, get to our hot and cold performers. Need to give some more love to our friends at Tourism Jasper. Tell you about the escape card at Marmot Basin. Half price lift tickets, only $89 plus tax. It's the best deal in the Canadian Rockies. Jay and Chalmers, they went up early for the Tourism Jasper Pond Doggy Tournament because they are taking advantage of the escape card at Marmot Basin. Saving 50% off regular price adult, senior, student, and youth lift tickets every day, all season. No blackout dates. Forget about it. Hot and cold performers. We start with our veggies, our cold performers of the week. Liam, you're manning the buttons, and you know what? I'm going to let you go first. Oh, no. Um, I don't know if I have one this week. I'll go with the weather. I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting to wake up to snow this morning, uh, so that wasn't ideal driving in, but <laughs> here we are. The absolute mail-it-in answer oh, yeah. in this segment. Yeah. The weather. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Rick. I'm giving it to the little weenie in the Flames jersey last night at the uh, at the photo shoot. I'm upset. You don't. There's no explanation needed. It was kind of like it was a weird vibe. Dan, yeah. uh, I'm going to give it to the people that are hating on the seaweed man nickname. I it may not be the strongest nickname in the world, but in a hockey world where we have the nicknames Halsey, <laughs> Ebsy. uh, yeah, everybody Z's. It's just, uh, it's fun to have a weird nickname here or there. I think we should embrace the seaweed man. So the seaweed man hate gets my cold performer of the week. Someone called me Binzy once and I said, never do that again. Oh, is it like- no, God, <laughs> no, God, please. No, no, I'm gonna call no, you- I'm gonna no. Call you- <laughs> I try to do it every time. That button goes on forever. I'm going to call you Horo Binzy from now on. <laughs> yeah, please do. Binzy. I will never respond. <laughs> what about Willie? No, it's call me Liam. My name is Liam. <laughs> is it actually Liam on your birth certificate? <laughs> yes. Although I did tell people for years it was William. For fun. Uh, why not? Uh, Michael <laughs> Performer, about, yeah. me for live betting the comeback against Columbus. You're as cold as ice. I am. I am. Switching gears, hot performers of the week. Liam, get those buttons ready. Dan, what do you got? Oh, man. If you need a good hit of nostalgia from the 90s, Tyler, there's no better show than on Netflix right now, that 90s show. Oh, really? That's my hot performer of the week. We the best. Is it actually good? It is really good. It's got Red and Kitty, yeah. like that kind of keep it together. Yeah. And then the new cast comes in and, and but then the old cast shows up randomly. Okay. So it holds up. Like it's I'm not really gonna, good. I love that 70s show. Yeah. So it's really well done. It is. Yeah. It's uh, it's only 10 episodes, but great show. I'm in. Is it a Netflix special? It is a Netflix series. I don't okay. know what it's, the deal is after that, but. Liam, you go. Oh, Rick. No, it's your turn. <laughs> Oh, me. I'm going to give it to Costin and Vinny then for not taking a picture with the guy in the Flames jersey last night. Putting the, uh, making him, forcing him to wear an Oilers jersey if he wants a picture. Major killer. Rick just picking the same thing for both his hot and cold performer. <laughs> Liam. That's true. You think Liam was mailing it in? <laughs> I'm last. Okay, I'm going to give it to Team Oilers Nation for the performance I know we're going to put forward at the Jasper Pond Doggy Tournament myself. Frank, Jay, Chalmers, Bag Milk, Adam Seaborn. We're going to be just killing it. We're going to go 3-0. and We're going to bring a title home for Oilers Nation. That's what I'll do after I score. That's so long to do. My hot performer of the week. The Australian Open. 
Okay. I have recently got into tennis because of the new show Point Break. Good show. Good show. I've only watched one episode, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was uh, the one with Nick Kyrgios, Kyrgios yep. and it was all about the Australian Open. So I started watching. It's a fantastic sport, tennis. I've never really paid attention to it that much. My nana used to watch it. So when I was younger, I would key in. But yeah, it's just a, it's a fun little game. I've become a big fan of Ben Shelton, I believe his name is. There you go. Feeling hot. Feeling big fan, big fan of that one episode, eh? Oh, yeah. yeah, it got me hooked. I just haven't had time. My girlfriend will watch it with me. Fun so story. At like midnight. <laughs> I was uh, scheduled to cover the Australian Open last year for the company that I no longer work for, and I slept through my shift, so they didn't get any coverage of the Australian Open <laughs> men's final. <laughs> well, yeah, lucky it Whoops. wasn't this year, or else Liam would have been pissed. That's yeah, true. There was That's some true. great runs. Great runs. Andy Murray went on a great run. He has one hip. Well, he has two, but one of them's metal. <laughs> That'd be a, just a pain in the ass, wouldn't it? No, pain, pain in the hip. hip. Pain in the hip, actually. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Tourism Jasper, AMA Travel, Betway, the Jasper Pondocky Tournament, and Oodle Noodle. That is a wrap on episode 261 of Oilers Nation Radio. We'll be back Tuesday to chat all-star break and all sorts of good stuff. Chat with you then. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Shout out Toronto resident, Adam Seaborn. <laughs> yeah, former Toronto. <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.